Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dan Carson, Director of Student Ministry Matters, here with my two partners in crime, Micah Powell and Chris Vines. How's it going, guys? I am fine as frog hair. Fine as frog hair. Only in hope, man. Only in hope. How about you, Micah? Man, things are awesome. Well, this past week, at the time of this recording, in which we're recording at the beginning of July, we passed the mark of a thousand downloads. It's been awesome to see this little podcast grow. We started with a very simple premise. Uh, We wanted to invest in other student ministry workers. And with over 50 years of combined ministry experience, we wanted to share some of the things that we've learned and connect with others that are on this journey with us. Even after nearly 30 years of ministry, I still feel like I have a ways to go myself. That's one of the exciting and challenging aspects of surrendering to God's call. There's always room for improvement. Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And that's a big component of what we're doing here, sharpening one another so that we can accomplish the calling that God has placed before us. Now, again, we haven't arrived. Um, Chris and Mike and myself, we wouldn't say that we're here and we're the experts. Uh, We're on this journey together. So continue to subscribe. Uh, to the podcast, like and share the Student Ministry Matters podcast with as many that are in that realm as you can. Uh, We want to continue that conversation about student ministry. You can find out more information about ways that we can serve you at studentministrymatters.com. Now, in today's podcast, we want to talk about a key component in student ministry. We want to talk about the importance of the word and how we flesh that priority out in our week-to-week activities. Now, before we get to that, though, we've got to get to our random question of the week. And so this week's questions, um, they're kind of two together. And it's all about food, or has been. (laughs) What is your favorite fast food restaurant? And then do you have any fast food places that are an absolute no-go? You're on a U-trip, and you tell the students, uh, no, we're not eating there. So, Chris, let's start with you. What's your favorite? And then what's that one place that you say, uh-uh? Mm. Well, man, I, I really like Taco Bell. You know, there's just uh, pretty much anything you order, is, it's it's all the same. It's just packaged differently, and they call it something different. But, it, you know, it's all the same. I mean, it's meat, cheese, and a tortilla in some sort of Sort of fashion, but I, I like it, man. I like yeah. I like Taco Bell. I like uh, I'm a mild sauce kind of guy. Uh, I don't I don't like spicy stuff. Mm. Um, and so my go to, if anybody is even remotely interested, is I do the Crunch Wrap Supreme with a soft taco and uh, usually a sweet tea. And in Hope, Arkansas, it is really sweet tea. Um, so just know that if you're ever passing through. Uh, as far as a no go. Um, Man, I lived out in 
Texas for just a little bit, a short time in my life. And I never was a fan of Jack in the box. Uh, I never, I never really liked, never liked uh, Jack in the box. I don't know why. Um, Just never, I don't know. It just never really hit that spot. So that's a no go for me. Not stopping at Jack in the box. Man, I had forgotten about Jack in the box, but living in Texas, you're going to run across them or when you're taking students down that way. And yeah, that's, that's one that I would set aside. Yeah. I'm a big Slim's chicken fan. That's, I've got them up here. Love it. Um, but right now we're not eating meat. We're like those crazy people. And so it makes it a little bit more difficult to try to find a spot where I can eat right now. Burger King has the impossible Whopper. And so that's been a go-to for me. It's, it's all plant-based works great for this craziness that we're on. Micah, how about you? Oh man, I think I would have to say Taco Bueno. Every time I eat Taco Bueno, I leave sick. And you know, I'll just be honest. I always leave every fast food restaurant sick. That's why we don't eat a lot of it. But I, I leave Taco Bueno like really sick, like almost food poisoning to the hospital sick. It's not good. I, and so people are like, oh, let's eat Taco Bueno. I'm like, um, guys, um, I don't have um, any kind of medical uh, stomach lining sealer uh, powerful medication like I would go on a mission trip. So I don't think we should eat there. So that's that's my guy. But my favorite, oh man, again, fast food. I just like the gold arches. I just want to drink um, all of their uh, uh, their their oil from their fries. Yeah, I just want to inject it directly into my face. And you know, actually, I just want to take all of the, the fried juice and just inject it into my thighs, which I carry um, the load of my weight in my body. Uh, so yeah, I that, I love it. I love it, especially the breakfast food. Oh man, get me a, a you know sausage egg and cheese McMuffin. <laughs> oh man, it's so good. Well, I remember growing up, my dad wouldn't stop for McDonald's for anything except for breakfast. Mm. The rest of the time, it, off limits. It just <laughs> so family trips. My brother and I'd sit in the back seat, going, "Oh, we want McDonald's. We want a Happy Meal," and Dad would go, "Nope, it's not going to happen." <laughs> so. <laughs> It's a hard life, uh, you know, first world problems. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, all this talk about food is just going to make me even more hungry right now. And I can't afford to eat anymore. I think I've gotten my Corona 15 and my son's Corona 15 and my wife's and my daughter's. Uh, so we need a shift <laughs> to our topic. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say that we believe as a group that we believe in the undeniable, unchanging and errant word of God. We believe that this is the truth that we teach and should it should remain center at all that we do in ministry. I think that John Piper's video, God Wrote a Book, if you haven't seen it, man, it's totally worth a, a watch and we'll put it in the show notes, a link to it. It says a great deal on this subject and it's one that we want to spend some time with on this podcast. We want to look at that idea, why the word matters in student ministry. So let's begin with just a couple of questions from opposite ends of the spectrum. And so let me ask you guys, I'll start with Chris, but what benefit is there uh, to making God's word the center of your ministry? Oh, goodness. (laughs) Um, What benefit is there to making God's word the center of your ministry? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, I chuckle at that just because it... The, the benefits I believe are, it may sound like an overstatement, but they're, they're limitless. I mean, that, that, that is what we're called to do is to make much of the word of God and uh, everything that we do should be 
centered on the Word of God. So I, I firmly believe that if, if we want to present people mature in Christ, then then we will we will have a word centered Christ exalting ministry. So mm. let me just say that I mean that's that's the benefit uh, that God God is glorified and believers, uh, specifically teenage believers, are are made and conformed into the image of Christ. I don't think there is a greater benefit than that. You know, as as we look at this topic, one of the reasons that I think it's important as we talk to to others, as we maybe see some outside of our tradition, um, those that don't hold as firm and fast to God's word as we do, they're going to put all sorts of things in that priority place. Um, but I believe that, again, the three of us and that so many others that are in our kind of our tribe, we, we believe God's word is God's word, that God wrote us a book and it is life-changing, life-altering. And we want to make that the center of what we do because we know it's not going to change when the next uh, president is elected. It's not going to change when different group of students come through or the next generational you know, split happens. That doesn't change. God's word does not change. Things outside change, but that doesn't change. Mike, do you have anything to add to that? You know, the benefit, you know, what's the a good good thing that we want to do in student ministry to put God's word in the center, uh, you know, helping little plants grow, um, helping little 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 children of Jesus's grow, um, and, yeah. and and then helping them know how to um, help Jesus um, and, and, and to learn to, to help um, reach other lost people for Christ. I think those are the, probably mm. the two biggest benefits, as Chris did a good job, I think, of explaining you know, the word of God, that's the biggest part of our job. It, it is, it is the part of the job, you know, to, to equip people for the saints and to divide the word rightly and to, to expound on it. And um, I, I love what John MacArthur said in an interview. He's one time he said that, you know, all he's like, listen, I, I just want to know God in depth and I'll let him take care of the breadth. And I love that, you know, because it's like, if I know God deep and I, 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 I go and, and root myself deep in the Bible, uh, deep in his holy word, then man, he will, he will, I can, I can trust him with at that point, what he does with my life, uh, what he wants to do with me, you know, how, if he wants it to go far or stay shallow. And so, you know, I think knowing God's word and studying it and teaching kids to study it deeply will help them grow in Christ first. Um, and, in a, in a really spiritual maturity, uh, not that that's ever done. Right. But, um, and then I think the second, um, would be to, um, help make other Christians, you know, the great commission, right. So that's that's kind of just kind of my thoughts. Well, let's look at the other end of this. If those are some of the benefits, the great benefit, let's look at that other end. Why is it dangerous or harmful to make something else primary either in our teaching or primary in our ministry? And so, Micah, let's start with you this time. Really, I I do want to I don't know why, but I I feel like I want to say here how easy it is to make student ministry anything but God. Like, I feel like that's the easiest thing to do. Yeah. To me, it, it is difficult to make God the absolute center of your student ministry, the absolute point why the Bible is important, that, you know, studying the Bible and all these things. But to me, it can be so easily, uh, you know, temptational to be able to be fun, you know, because if you, you were that kid in high school that you were bullied or picked on and, and you get into a student ministry, there's that temptation to be accepted by your students. And, and goodness, that is a large temptation. If you were on the, in, like, like me, for instance, like I, you know, I wasn't like the most popular kid in the, in the high school, 
But I can see a tendency when I was a student pastor to want to be accepted by, guess what, high school students. And that's dangerous. Um, if you don't know that that's uh, popular or that's possible, then we think that's just one small way. Um, and there's a lot of books out there, guys, that I think that we can read. Um, you know, the, 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 I mentioned it once, but the, my first two years in ministry, that's a good book. It talks about some of those. Uh, Dangerous Calling by Paul David Tripp. Uh, you know, maybe not specifically through student ministry lens, but can be a really healthy book to understand what we're called to do. And but but again, I think it's easy for us to make student ministry about everything else but uh, growing these these children into God's children into full maturity and to use the Bible, the inerrant word of God to, to do that. Because, listen, guys, you know how, how hard it is when you say a joke and your kids laugh to not want to keep going, especially for me. Like it's like. It's really tempting to just want to keep going. And, and both of you have heard me. Well, I think actually Dan's the only one that's heard me preach. But it's t- it can be a temptation where we focus on anything else and even joshing at the Word of God, right? Like when you pray, you know, praying for the wrong things when you begin a, a session. Maybe you forget to not pray to you know ask God to uh, invite Him into your, your message and, and to help us listen when we're preaching the Word and to, to help our kids to listen and to, to grow and to make good decisions, uh, godly decisions. I mean, again, it's dangerous because if we do anything but teach the word, and, and I mean that, if we do anything else besides teach the word, then you, you can easily go from being a, a, a godly uh, teacher to a heretic. And it's it's not difficult. I mean, it's, you know, how, how far can sin take us? You know what I mean? You know, one of the things that, that stands out to me is as we look at this type of idea and what you just shared, Micah, is many that are in ministry are talented. They have gifts. Maybe it's the gift of comedy. Maybe it's the gift of singing. They speak. They have energy. There's just all sorts of things. And one of the things, one of those dangerous things that, that I think you're referring to is that inability to lean on God or in more likely we are leaning on ourselves in that process. And when we do that, we're sending our students the wrong signal and it just turns into a big mess. And so God's word needs to be primary. And so Chris, maybe you could add some things, uh, some ways that it's dangerous. I mean, Micah talked, uh, talked about that, but do you have some things that we could add to it? Well, I, I think it is dangerous in many ways. Uh, for me, it's helpful to think in terms of uh, the present status of of those that we're teaching and those that we've been given the responsibility to shepherd, but also their future status as well. And so, what I mean by that is, is it's it's very dangerous for us as teachers of the word. Now, I understand that we have a, a mixed crowd that listen to our podcast, so some 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 people are uh, ha- have the have the calling of of pastor uh, and they're listening to this others are just good godly Christians who work full-time jobs but are called to a volunteer position of leading the youth in their church so I want to be I want to be clear and just say that no matter where you fall in that spectrum what we're saying is that the word of God needs to be primary in the task of leading students. Uh, into a closer relationship with Christ. Yes. So, um, so good. just making that clarification, understanding that that word "primary" is is very important because we can, we can, and we do several different things on a regular basis with our students. I mean, there are there is definitely a place for for fun, for events, for retreats, for 
all those different things for conferences, you know, and, and we've talked about some of those things and we will get to some of those things in future episodes. But back to what I said a minute ago about it being a, uh, it's helpful for me to think about the present and the future. Presently, what our kids need, what our teenagers need is not just another devotional that we heard on the way to youth group on K-Love or some other mm. Christian radio station. They don't, they don't need just a snippet from our daily devotional and that, that is our, just our thoughts. And they don't need just our charismatic, winsome personalities. What they need is, like you said, Dan, the uh, unchanging, infallible Word of God. Because you and I, as youth leaders, as youth pastors, we will, we will not always be there. And we also are not going to we are not going to be perfect but what the what the teenagers need what our teenagers need is they need rock solid truth and they need it on a regular basis so mm. presently that's what they need they they need to constantly be seeing the the word of god on on display but being taught they need to hear that but then future okay so I've heard several people talk about how the youth are the future of the church. Now, I have some some thoughts just about that that phrasing, but I think it is important for us to think in this way that if we want our churches to be strong, then we need strong preaching to our teenagers because our teenagers that are that are in our ministries right now or that will be in our ministries later, they will eventually graduate and move to college and to different places. And I want, I want the teenagers that are coming through my ministry to, to have a, a good picture in their mind. In fact, just a, a solid foundation to know whenever they move to a new town, a new city, a new college or wherever, they know what to look for in a church. And, and then they're, so if I'm making, if I'm making a, my personality or you know games or anything else primary in my ministry well then guess what they're going to look for whenever they go off to college they're not going to be looking for a word centered Christ exalting ministry they're going to look at something that entertains them and that's not going to last so i want to give them a a solid picture of what to look for whenever they move to another location begin to start a family and and I believe that that only happens whenever we make the word primary in our ministry. That's awesome. That's good. Well said. Ultimately, I think we find the purpose or the why of the word matters in, in the pages of Scripture itself. Second uh, Timothy three sixteen through seventeen gives us a great outline of of what God's word is for and and how it's important to us. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for proof, for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Now, the pages of Scripture tells us that God gave us this word through the inspiration or the idea of it being God-breathed, and I love that. We may not know exactly what that looked like. You know, I have used my imagination any number of times thinking about it, but what it is clear is that God was the agent behind the word. And that gives us great insurance that we can trust and embrace that word. When we talk about that idea of of scripture being God breathed, what what is that what thoughts come to your mind, guys? What what comes up with you? Where does that hit you emotionally, spiritually? What do you think? 
So what, you have to g- give me that question again. R- run it by me again. I'm coming back around. Sure. I'm, th- I'm, I'm, I'm sure. formulating here. <laughs> so as we understand that the Bible is God-breathed, it is inspired by God, and we may not know exactly what that looks like, where does that hit you? Kind of it, when you know, I don't want to sound too touchy feely, <laughs> but where does that hit you? Um, what does that mean to you that God's word, the Bible, is given to us by God? It makes me cherish the 66 books of the Old and New Testament. I, that, I just want to make sure. I'm sorry for making you kind of go through that again. No, but I just. It makes the the necessity for reading and personally uh, personally reading and, and and spending time in the Word huge and, and, and crazy needed. Just within me alone, uh, you know, it, it gives me some I would say reverence, knowing that God has carried His Word as long as He has, and I'm grateful that it, from the beginning of, of Genesis to the end of Revelation, that every word in it, I be, that to be able to to affirm and believe that, and to know that that's God's Word, just man his presence on the earth through time, I think. And again, I'm probably just reverence. I mean, really, it just blows my mind that God would uh, protect this awesome thing. And it gives me really hope in my salvation. It really gives me hope because, yeah. man, if he, if he can keep it, the, 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 the words on these pages for as long as he has, and, and not just said them, and, and, but and allowed them to be written down and carried in, from generation to generation, and then found again in 1957 with the Dead Sea Scrolls, but and it still being alive today, and His promises still being there for us to to, to understand and know and, and read and be encouraged by and, and see uh, what He's doing and the picture He's painting. Uh, man, I, I I guess we could just daydream together and just talk together and and make God's Word just magnanimous, and it's huge. Uh, it just blows my mind. It's humbling. It's it's. I'm awestruck. I'm grateful, humbled, broken. I, I mean, when you stop and you think about it, and we realize that God wrote a book, or as we look in in the epistles and we think these are letters to a church, but this is a letter to me. It's a letter to the church. It's a letter to believers centuries later. Uh, man, it is overwhelming. It is awe inspiring. And for those reasons, we should want to pick it up and to share it with our students and go, man, this is for you. God wrote you a book. Now, as we go through this passage, we also see that it's for correction, instruction, and training in righteousness and some very specific tasks that are going to shape and mold us. And so as we think about those how do we apply those type of things? Or what does that look like in your student ministry in the Word? As you are talking with students or you're teaching students, uh, what does a typical message to your students look like, Chris? Without going through the whole, I guess, uh, process, I seek to, to teach and preach expositionally, which means I take verse by verse or passage by passage. We go through books of the Bible. I, I don't I don't come up with a a topic and then find passages of scripture that would quote unquote support my idea. Rather, what I want to do is I want to mm. I want to expose what the Word of God is saying. And so the, the big term for that is to 
is to exegete it. So in other words, to bring it to the surface, to bring it out. And a good illustration, a good thought process for me is, is and one that, that I know I've heard from from others, so it's not original to me, but it's the task of, uh, of a scuba diver. I, I want to I do what's necessary. I want to put on the, the right equipment, the right tools, and, and, and be committed to, to doing the right work of, of going personally deep into God's Word and then bringing to the surface what what needs to be brought to the surface so that's that's not always it's not an easy task but it's the task that we're called to it's the task yeah. that I'm called to yeah. so mm-hmm. so that's that's what I seek to do every time that I teach um, our students and I do that very imperfectly I, I'm hopefully growing at that I'm learning at that you know and, and more specifically you know you I, I don't know if you were well I know you brought up uh, these things in second Timothy 3 you know the fact that the word of God it's True. it's inspired it it's breathed out by him and it's it's profitable for something. And it says it's profitable for correction, for instruction, for training in righteousness. I love thinking through this verse and just uh you didn't ask me this, Dan, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it anyway. Um, knowing that the word of okay. knowing that <laughs> knowing that the word of God is in fact that, that it's it's his word, it's breathed out. Man, that gives me that gives me con- confidence uh, to know that that what we have in front of us, it originated in the mind of God. It didn't originate in the mind of Paul or Peter or the uh, the mm-hmm. earthly authors. They were instruments mm-hmm. that were used by God to pen his word. And so when I when when I read mm-hmm. this text, man, it gives me great confidence in knowing that what I have before me are God's thoughts. They are his word, as you've made made mention here. And that they're yes. they are they're profitable, that they are good for me and for others. And and they're good to correct me, to instruct me, and to train me in righteousness so that I may be fully equipped. You know, a, a good illustration, and I'll, I'll let this be the last thing I say on this point, that it, it's good for me at least, and I've, I've used it and it seems to help teenagers, is I, I like to work out. I do CrossFit and or functional fitness, whatever you want to call it. And I have a coach. I have a, I have a coach in there. And, you know, we do a lot of different movements. And, and that coach, you know, he, he takes time to, to watch my form and then he corrects me. Right. And then if, if I I listen to the correction and I, and I do those things, but then if I continue to do things my own way, in other words, if I maybe forget his correction or I maybe just abandon his correction altogether and I just do it my own way. Well, the next time he comes to me, it's not so much a correction as it is a reproof, (laughs) you know, it's a little bit more, you know, in, in my face, uh, saying, Hey, you gotta, you need to listen to me. Uh, I know what I'm talking about here. And in, in a, in a similar way, the, the word of God does that. I mean, we, we come to it and it, it corrects us where we go wrong. And then we as imperfect sinners, I mean, as imperfect people, we are sinners. We need the Bible. We need God's word to reprove us and to constantly be tweaking us and to train us so that we can all be conformed into the image of Christ so that we can be equipped uh, as God has called us to be. So, so yeah, I, I answered more than what you asked, but there you go. No, man. <laughs> That's free. I, I love <laughs> yeah, it's free. <laughs> the CrossFit illustration is, is perfect yes. uh, because if you are that, that coach will come along, try to, to fix things and then come and reproof you. The simple truth is that if you don't do it the right way, you're going to hurt yourself. It may not hurt right then, but it's going to hurt later. 
And so there's a reason for all the exercise, the form that you follow, and there's a reason for what God's Word tells us. And so we want to get that across to students um, to help help them avoid some of the hurt that maybe we've experienced by not following God's Word. You know, uh, we do all of this, though, because of what the end of this passage says, that the, that the man of God may be equipped for good work. They're not just there to be biblical sponges, uh, just to, to learn stuff, but they're to, to learn so that they can serve. They are blessed so they can be a blessing, you know, that concept. And so I just, I wanted us to take a moment in that passage because I think that passage tells us so much about why the word is important. Chris talked about this idea of preaching the word. And if you're called as a pastor or called as a preacher, there is something that's a little bit different that you're maybe going to do on a, a Wednesday night or your youth group time. But guess what? If you're a teacher, if you're a volunteer, you still have a responsibility because you've been put in that place to give them the word of God. What's that going to look like in your church? I don't know. Maybe you're going to work through some curriculum. Maybe you're going to work through lessons, but make sure that it's always focused in on God's word. It is important. It is valuable. It is life-changing. We've got to hang out there. So let's look at a couple of more questions before we wrap up tonight. How do we prioritize God's word in our student ministries and make sure that our students are fully aware of its significance? Think in practical terms. What are some things that we can do to prioritize God's word? Chris? Well, I'll just give one suggestion. This is something I'm, I'm doing right now uh, and I'm trying it out, but we are and I kind of stole this from a church up in Idaho, but it's called uh, Same Page Summer. It's where the, it's the idea over the summer months. We as a student ministry uh, have a specific Bible reading plan just for us. And so about a month ago, I sat down and just kind of mapped my way through this and created a little handout for them that they could easily stick in their Bibles. But it's essentially uh, over June, July and August. They have the opportunity to, for all of us in, in our student ministry, to uh, read through uh, the Gospels together. And so I try to make it easy. It's usually about one chapter a day with a couple of catch-up days each week. And so that allows a student to be able to have you know just a good plan for being in God's Word personally. But it also it also creates opportunity for me to be able to teach kind of how to how to think about a Bible reading plan, but also to th- you know, teach how, you know, some practical tips on, um, of, of reading God's word, but then also just, just the importance of not just reading, but man, taking God's word in. I think we've said this before or talked about it before, but, you know, oftentimes we, we think that reading is the only way of getting God's word into us. And, and it's not, you know, there's, we, we live in a, in a day and time where there's a lot of really cool ways that, that uh, a teenager can get the get God's word into them. So, in other words, there's there's apps out there. There's one app I know called Dwell. Uh, and it I think it costs something, um, but it's a great app that just is the audio Bible with uh, with some great narrators. Uh, so that's that's a cool thing. You know, there's uh, another app that is called Streetlights, and uh, man, I've, I've teenagers really like that. So helping, just encouraging them to say, you know what, whenever you have your quiet time, whenever you have time with the Lord, here's a plan for you, but, but also consider, you know, changing it up a little bit. Um, listen to God's word being read to you, uh, rather than just reading it. Um, Mm. and, and also, you know, listen to it while your Bible's open. So let your eyes follow along while others, someone else is reading it. So that's just a practical way that, 
that I'm trying out with my group right now, and it seems to be going well. Let me ask both of you guys, how much have you encouraged the idea of memorizing scripture at your student ministry age level? I mean, we, we always did some level of trying to, you know, hey guys, our memory verse for this week is, you know, uh, whatever verse we gave, like specifically there are ones that were typically pop, you know, popular as we're going through like John, you know, I try to find the popular verses in John and sometimes specifically like, but I, you know, and not everyone did it, but I, I mean, just making, it was, it was very much mentioned, Hey guys, we're going to have a memory verse, you know, for each week. And, uh, you know, it's just something, it's just a way, and I'm telling them why we're doing it. Like it's a way that we want to, you know, hide God's word in our heart that we might not send against him and reference that yeah. reference in Psalms and say, Hey, listen, like this could help us fight the, uh, bad temptations and, and Satan. And, and it also helps us in our, uh, our times when we're in school and we're thinking on God's word cause it's hidden and it's, it's, you know, it's memorized and, 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 and also that I think it teaches them the discipline too, but that was, you know, I didn't always do that. I don't think I did that at my first church, but, um, specifically even in discipleship relationships with students, um, that those were, we, I, I would say required, but I, you know, we would require them. To, I would require them to memorize scripture with me. You know, not like as they had homework, like some Awana worker uh, specifically, but just, uh, you know, and not I would have given them candy for, you know, make a memorize. You may remember the scripture. Yay. But I wanted them to just like, hey, I'm with you trying to memorize this. And yes, it's tough. And 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 just kind of work through it. But I, I do think it's very important. I just didn't uh, always do that. I think it's easy for us to think once a student has finished with sixth grade, like in the, my my setting that I was in. They have completed their memorization, and that's absolutely false. <laughs> we need to be taking in God's Word. In, in when I was at seminary, um, our seminary in Jacksonville, Texas, my theology teacher at that time didn't give us normal quizzes over reading or anything like that. His quizzes and tests were simply, we had to memorize five passages of Scripture each week, and then we would have to be able to write those out verbatim. That was the test. That was the semester test. All of those passages. It was incredible. I, I mean, I grew so much during that period um, with Dr. Alan Henson, just taking in God's word and memorizing it, making him part of my life. But I think one of the things that you said, Michael, that was really important is this idea that we came back and it was you were doing it with them. Yeah. You were being an example. And so they were able to see, oh, it's important to him too. And he struggles with it too. Mm. And I think that's, that's just really important, but it's still, it's hard. Chris, do you do anything within the area of memorization? I, I don't do anything that is, uh, I don't program anything like that. I don't, I don't have any kind of uh, formal sure. process. I, I tend to emphasize meditating on God's word more than I do memorizing God's word. Now that doesn't, okay. that doesn't, yeah. that doesn't mean that i I don't care about memorization. I, I certainly believe that memorizing God's word is important, right. but I tend to think that if we, if we truly meditate on God's word, then the memorization will actually follow. I think I've said it before, but it's just a, it's mm. a favorite quote of mine. It's super. I, and I, I just love it and I always come back to it. But Thomas Watson uh, once said that many hearts grow cold because they don't take time to warm by the fire of meditation. And I just I just love that because we can we can talk all day about reading God's word and taking in God's word and that's important but you we all know that just going through that exercise is not that's that's not what it's about and uh 
But whenever we take time to to truly stop and, and meditate on God's word, that's that's where that's where it moves from our head to our heart. And so that's that's what I tend to emphasize uh, to our students. And I just hope that memorization is a is a byproduct of that. Well, programs in themselves aren't bad things. Um, unfortunately, we can often fall into ruts and not do those things that God is really wanting. He wants change in our lives and our hearts. And so meditating on his word, memorizing God's word, making it the center of our ministry is just vital. In an October uh, 2017 article from Lifeway Research, it was determined that young Bible readers are more likely to be faithful adults. They're the ones that are going to survive that transition from high school into adulthood and continue to be a part of the church. So have you guys found this to be true in your ministry context? To be honest, Dan, um, I haven't been at it long enough to to really give you a, a clear answer to that. I, I believe that that's true. I, I can see how that certainly can be true. But I have right now I have the, the first group of students that uh, came through the Garrett Memorial Baptist Church student ministry. They are they are they did remain faithful uh, for the most part through college, and now they're kind of returning um, and getting out into the workforce. So. I'm starting to see that. Uh, I continue to talk to them. So, but I, I don't know if I'm a great person to to answer that. But again, that that sounds like it would be true for sure. Micah, have you seen seen this fleshed out in your ministry yet? Uh, you know, where so you're saying just people that read the Bible when they're young, they generally yeah. become faithful. In comparison to those that aren't, and I think that's really what they were figuring out, and they saw in that that research is that those that made the Bible an important part of their life as young adults um, continued on. I, I think Paul really covers this there in Second Timothy three, you know. But I, okay, yeah. I, I, I mean, he does. He talks to Timothy, and he's like, "Hey, continue in this thing, you know. Continue in what you have learned and firmly believe, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus." Uh, I mean, I think Lifeway is onto something in their research, but I, I think that if we even look to Scripture, this thing that knows all of the research and knows this. The, the problems, uh, yeah, the Bible readers that I had, I'll be honest, always wanted to know more. And so when they would ask me a question, I would try to be very subjective and not just give them the quick answer, but it would kind of like, try, I wanted to coach them to, to go back to the word, to ask the word, ask God and, and make them go to commitment in the Christian faith, deeper in the Christian faith to be able to answer that question. Because if you ask God a question about his word, uh, I, I just believe that He'll help reveal it to you if you're really willing to learn and take the time to spend with him uh, in, in trying to answer a specific biblical questions. Um, and I think because you know, T- Timothy's mom and, and his grandma were teaching him the Bible and the sacred writings. And I think that if we teach kids that and the ones that I've seen specifically, I, I mean, I say that the group that wanted to know more, they wanted to start like another Bible study, like before church at like three o'clock when right when school got out. It always led to more intense, more committed ministry for me. And I've, I'm, I've not been at it super long. I mean, I, I think I'm around 12 years or 13 years, but and that's not a, really a long time yet. But I, I would say that I've seen probably a majority of it is true. It's it's a big concept, and, and I appreciated their research as in looking back and, and seeing what that looked like as they interviewed 
parents about their students. I believe they interviewed churchgoers at certain different points to to put these things together. I went to the Edge conference and they talked about this research back in 2017. And it's just powerful. What we find is what we've been talking about the entire time tonight. It is vital that we make the word a priority in our student ministries. If you need some help in in making your plans to, to make that happen, the thing that you need to remember as you listen tonight is or today or whenever you're listening to our podcast is that you can contact us at info at studentministrymatters.com and we can work through it together. We can help you in that process. Uh, Chris and Mike and myself all want to help you as you work with your student ministry and make sure that the word is the primary. I think that was a, a key word that we, we brought up tonight, that making the word of God primary. It's important. We can never forget that. It should be paramount as we move forward with our students. So keep giving your students the word because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.